There will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the late latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in the darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you, as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace. For the throne of David and his kingdom, he will establish and uphold it with, righteousness, with justice and with righteousness, for this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Rachel. So we've been looking at these different prophets of the Old Testament, and Rachel read from perhaps the most widely read of all the prophets, Isaiah, and perhaps you heard in that reading um, some hints of Advent and Christmas, because that's a reading that we often read at Christmas time, and we'll probably read during our Christmas Eve service, a great uh, prophecy of uh, the coming Messiah. So uh, to that end, let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, thanks for your word, and thank you for this chance to wonder together about your word and what it might mean for our lives and what it might mean about you. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So God is dropping in the polls. Recent surveys done by the folks at Pew Research Gallup Public Religion Research Institute indicate that God is less and less believed in. Fewer Americans claim to have a faith in God. The degree to which God is dropping in the polls depends on which expert you talk to. Some research experts believe and say that God's popularity is dropping just gradually over the decades. Others say the drop is more precipitous, but everyone believes that God is paying a hit in the polls. Good thing that God is not running for office. God might not get elected. Part of the problem might be that God has an image problem, a public relations problem. It appears that we Americans are not quite sure what to think about God. A few years ago at Baylor University, they performed an exhaustive study of God believers asking to ask, seeking to ascertain what they believe about God. Thousands of God believers were surveyed and asked dozens of questions, and their responses led the researchers to construct four views of God into which Americans by and large fall, four understandings about the nature of God and how God fundamentally works. The folks at Baylor divided up the believers of the country and placed them into one of these four categories. 31% of Americans believe in what is called the authoritarian God. 
which is a God who's deeply involved in our lives and world events and who's angry at our sin and is willing to punish the unfaithful, the authoritarian God. 23% of Americans believe in a benevolent God who is a God who's also deeply involved in our lives and world events, but largely as a positive force who is not eager to punish us. 16% of Americans believe in what is called a critical God who does not really interact with our daily lives, but at the same time is not so happy with how things are going and promises he's going to judge us at the end of it all. Lastly, 24% of Americans believe in a distant God who does not really interact much with our daily lives or with world events. God takes no pleasure nor holds any anger over what is going on in the world. He kind of just gets the cosmic forces going and he lets the whole thing kind of play out the way it's going to play out. Authoritarian God, benevolent God, critical God, and distant God. No doubt you might come up with some other designations that you would add to that list, but no matter how long that list might grow to be, most say that their view of God is informed by the Bible, that, that when I read the Bible, I come out believing that God is either an authoritarian God or a benevolent God or a critical God or a distant God. And though we might say, I believe in the God of the Bible, we discover that each of our gods of the Bible are a little different. And that might say something more about us than it does about God, or maybe not. Enter one Isaiah, in one of those great prophecies that Rachel read, uh, the Old Testament, in chapter 9, Isaiah says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the authority rests upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Not just one name, but four names, and not just four names, but, but four names that mean very different things. I grew up with four names. I'm the youngest of four boys, and I always knew I was in trouble when my parents called me four names because they would do that classic parent thing when they were mad. They would run through all the names of the boys until they got to the right name. Travis Cam, Jim Steve! And I knew when they got to Steve that I was really in trouble. Now, each of those names, of course, means something different. Well, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Four names. And that's just the start of the list. Because the Bible's filled with all sorts of names for God, right? Elohim, Adonai, El Shaddai. The mighty one of Jacob, the shield of Abraham, the fear of Isaac. Jesus calls God Abba, Father. Moses asks God who he is, and God says, My name is I am who I am, Yahweh. So many names for God. Why? Why so many names? Well, might it be because of the light? The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness on them has light shine. What color is light? 
Uh, what, what name of a color would you put to light? Which, which one would you pick? Red, green, yellow, blue? Which one would you pick? Well, you couldn't pick one. You shouldn't pick one, right? Because light is all color, right? Light is the spectrum of colors. James McBride, in his great memoir of growing up in a multi-ethnic, multi-racial family, remembers asking his mother, Mother, what color is God? And his mother replied, God is the color of water, the water of baptism. And what happens when you put those little water droplets into the air and let the sun shine through them? You get what? A rainbow. You get all the color. Light is not one color. Light is all color. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. His name shall be called Mighty God. His name shall be called Everlasting Father. His name shall be called Wonder Prince of Peace, as if to say that this God who, whose light shines into the darkness is a God who seeks to envelop us and surround us and take us into the entirety of who he is. C.S. Lewis said that the whole purpose for which we exist is to be taken into the light and life of God. It doesn't do God justice then, for us to put God into a box, put God into a category, not one name, not one designation is ever going to do the trick. St. Augustine, the great 5th century father, was puzzling once over the nature of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and while walking along the beach pondering this, this great theological construct, he observed a, a young girl with a bucket running back and forth to pour water into a little hole. What are you doing, he asked, and she said, I'm, I'm trying to put the ocean ocean into this hole. And then the great scholar realized something significant, that our attempts to fully understand and characterize and categorize the nature of God are no less futile than trying to pour the ocean into a hole. God is just too big. God is too enveloping, too surrounding, too encompassing, which makes me wonder if maybe one of the reasons why God is dropping in the poles is that we're trying somehow to pour God into some kind of hole, to place God into some kind of box, package him up, deliver, deliver him in bubble wrap, looking just the way we want God to look. And my guess is that people don't want to believe in a God that you can just put in a box, a category, a designation, a hole on the beach, a God that you can do that to as a God who just can't be real. I don't know about you, but I believe in a God who's real, as real as every single person in this room, which makes me wonder if that was the point that Jesus was trying to make when he talked about how he would be present with us until the close of the age. I will be with you, he said, until the end of the age. How, how will this light then shine upon us? When will we see you, the people asked. When will you, when will we see you, Jesus? And what did Jesus say? You will see me in the people. You will see me in the people. When I'm hungry, you'll feed me. When I'm thirsty, you'll give me something to drink. When I'm naked, you'll clothe me. When I'm sick, you'll visit me. When I am alone, you will visit me. 
You will see, Jesus says, my light reflected in the face of all these people. You will find the name of God in the names of these people. You will know me not only as wonderful counselor and mighty God and everlasting father and prince of peace. You will know me not only as Elohim and Adonai and El Shaddai. You will know me. You will know me as Larry in the hospital bed down at Sarasota Memorial. You'll, you'll know me as Julie down the street who's going through a divorce. You, you will know me as Bob who's standing in line at our food pantry. Their names are my names too, and they will present themselves to you in all sorts of wonderful and beautiful and challenging and maddening ways. They will be a joy to you, and they will be a pain to you, and they will require every ounce of energy and strength to love them as much as you love me. What can be more real then, more encompassing than a God who shows up in the names of all the people? What can be more real than a God who shows up as a little baby who then walks the dusty trails of Palestine and who stops at every turn before the faces and names of all the little folks like you and me, and he talks with them, and he listens to them, and he heals them, and he, and he teaches them, because that's real, right? That's real. It's live, and it's in the flesh, and it has as many names as there are in the world. And it's messy. And if God shows up in the names and faces of God's people, well, then God is going to get messy because people are messy, and you can't quite fit them into a box. It makes me think of a guy who I will call Bill. Bill was in one of my earlier churches, and he was a lawyer in a high-power law firm in the city. And I was a pretty young pastor, long, not long out of seminary, and I made a decision about something in the church that, that Bill didn't like. And Bill was not the kind of guy to hide his opinion. So he scheduled an appointment to come to my office, and there he let me have it. Up one side, down the other. Unleashed every high-power lawyer instinct he had in him. Chewed up this young, wet-behind-the-ears pastor and just spit me out and then left, leaving me with every imaginable emotion, anger, indignation, humiliation, insecurity. Why did I become a pastor? Why doesn't he take a long walk off a short pier? <laughs> and that stuff doesn't just go away, right? It just stays with you. And so I spend the next several months just steaming and stewing and steering clear of this guy, humbly praying that God might help him to find another church. <laughs> Until about a year later, when a knock comes to the door of our house. It was pretty late, seemed kind of unusual that a knock was coming to the door of our house. So I answer the door and it was Bill. And I thought, oh dear, what did I do now? I wonder this until I see tears coming down his cheeks and the quivering of his lip until I hear his stuttered plea asking to come in. So I invite him in and we sit down in the kitchen and I give him a cup of coffee. And he tells me that for the past couple of years, his son has been in some trouble. And the good thing about having a lawyer for a father is that he can usually get you out of that trouble. 
But tonight, he got the call that he had been arrested selling drugs and that he was in jail and that there wasn't anything this high-power lawyer could do about it. And that the sheriff said that he couldn't have any visitors except maybe his pastor. And so, pastor, would you be willing to come with me and visit my son? And that's, of course, what we did. God shows up, and sometimes God's name is Bill. And sometimes Bill is screaming at you. And sometimes Bill is bawling his eyes out in front of you. But you can't put Bill in a box. You can't pour him into a hole. He is a name among many names. Sometimes God shows up and her name is Juanita. And the knock that comes to my door is on the door of my hotel room in Honduras. And it's our mission trip leaders who are standing there, and they're there to tell me that a young mother, whose name I will say is Juanita, is in the lobby with her two-year-old. And she has been beaten by her husband, and not for the first time. And she has to leave town right away. And she has with her her cousin, and the only thing that they need is bus tickets south. And she's heard there's some gringos in town, and could we help? So we check out her story, and we put together what Limpira we have, and we buy her those tickets, and we send them into the night to God knows what the future is going to be. Sometimes God shows up, and her name is Juanita. And you can't put Juanita into a box. You can't put her two-year-old into a box. You can't even put her violent husband into a box. Sometimes God shows up and his name is Bob, and Bob is standing in line at our food pantry. And God knows why he's standing in line in our food pantry. But there is this big story that's behind Bob, some of which we will never come to know, hopefully part of which we will come to know. And God shows up in Teresa, who lives right next door to you, and she lives all alone, and she's not very nice, and she doesn't keep up her yard. And God knows why she's alone. God knows why she's not very nice. God knows why she doesn't keep up her yard. But there is this huge story behind Teresa, some of which maybe someday you'll come to know. Because the light still is shining in the darkness, and we're in the darkness along with everybody else. And those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. And God's name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And God's name shall be called Elohim and Adonai and El Shaddai. And God's name shall be called Bill, Anita, Bob, and Teresa. And with every name, every person, Maybe, just maybe, arise in the poles. Let us pray. We praise you, O Lord, that you are a God to believe in, that you are real, as real as the person who's sitting next to us, 
and we praise you that you have many names. We praise you that you have names that are unfamiliar to us, as unfamiliar as so many of the names are in the Bible. And there are names that are familiar to us, as familiar as the people in our lives, our best friend in school, our neighbor across the street. And we thank you and praise you, O oh Lord, that you are a God who shines your light into their faces and reminds us that we are the people of God and that we get to be a reflection of the light too. So be with us, O oh Lord, as we walk out of this place, that we may reflect your light to a world that is darkened by pain, by sin, so that we may bring hope for the sake of your son, Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen.